I just want God to have his way. I want God to have his way. Amen. We're going to turn to Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Jeremiah 15 and 16. And uh, if you were here on Wednesday night, this is going to be a continuation of that. If you weren't here on Wednesday night, uh, you done missed out. It was a fun time, uh, and we had a great time in the Holy Ghost. But uh, we, we're going to talk today about how to receive the word, how to receive the word. Jeremiah 15 and 16 says this, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. I hope you came hungry today. I hope you came with an empty space inside of you for the word of God. How, how tragic would it be if we came into the house of God today with our lives cram-packed full of everything that we've done throughout the week and no empty space for the word? It'd be like Thanksgiving where you have filled up on turkey and mashed potatoes, two of the worst foods known to mankind. We'll just pause there till I get some agreement in the Holy Ghost. I mean, turkey and mashed potatoes. Who, who picked that? If you need gravy to rescue your meal, you are, you are on the wrong track. All right, no more jokes again. Here we are. <laughs> But it'd be like filling up on turkey and mashed potatoes and all of a sudden mom's pecan pie comes out of the kitchen and it's got steam rising out of it. How, how horrible would that be if you're already stuffed to the gills? It'd be awful if we came into the house of God today and our lives were uh, so jam-packed with what we did all week long, what, what's been on our mind, what we're going to do after church, that we've got no space to receive the word of God. We, we must clear margin in our hearts to to hear the word of God and like Jeremiah to eat that word of God sometimes it's going to require you to chew a little bit and sometimes you might not like the taste but it's good for you so eat the word and look what Jeremiah goes on to say in the verse for thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of mine heart. I'm thankful to be at a place and a stage in life where I can truthfully say my absolute favorite time during the week is when somebody's preaching the word of God and then there's a moment of eating and response in the altar. Whether it be here, whether it be in life group, I'm not even saying me. I like it better when somebody else is preaching. But this is, this is my task. This is my duty. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to eat this week. I'm ready to consume the word of God. Is there anybody in the house today that wants to consume the word this week? Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices. Let's ask Jesus to have his way in this house today. Lord, I pray that you would join us right now. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint my 
lips to speak your already anointed word. In Jesus' name, I pull down every obstacle, every high thing, every proud thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. And I declare that the kingdom of Jesus will advance in Watertown, in Millbank, in Webster, in Brookings, in all of South Dakota this week. In the name of Jesus, let there be no end to the increase of your government. Let there be no end, Lord, to the increase of your dominion. You, Lord, were the stone that was made without hands. And I pray that you, God, would continue to grow until there is a mountain that fills their entire earth. I want the name of Jesus to be exalted. Come on, church, let's just stay in that vein for a moment right now. I want the name of Jesus to be exalted in every corner of this city, in every corner of this state. I come today, Lord, with hunger. I come today with thirst for the word. I come today, God, with a sincere desire. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done in this place. Would you lift up a shout of triumph in this house right now? Would you let your voice out? The Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. The Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we established on Wednesday that the Word of God is infallible. It is inerrant. There, there are no mistakes in God's Word. Now, I'm not contending that the translation that is your favorite is inerrant. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that God gave us His pure Word. It is Im- imperative that you and I put effort into studying to learning, to meditating upon, and then to applying God's Word. Romans 10 and 7 says this, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. A little bit further in the chapter it says, How shall they hear without a preacher? If there's not somebody sent, how are they going to hear? So we're talking today about receiving both the written Word of God and the preached Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. That is how. Two people can come into Jesus Church on a Sunday and sit right next to each other, listen to the same sermon, and one be blessed out of their mind, and one leave in even worse condition than they came. Why? Because they did not allow their faith to mix together with the Word of God. You've got to bring faith into this house today. You don't come with a shovel and say, well, he's preaching to so-and-so. I wonder who that's for. Look, if you have to begin to wonder who it's for, just point it right at yourself and say, hold on a second. A good example for you would be in the upper room as Jesus is with his disciples at that final meal that he's going to eat with them. And he says unto them, this night one of you will betray me. And all of them start asking and saying, is it I? That's 
That's the, 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 the mindset that we approach a sermon with. That's the mindset that we approach a Sunday with or a Wednesday with. Or when you're reading the word of God, don't find other people's names in it. Find where you fit into the puzzle piece and allow God to speak to you. Ask him today, is it I? Is, is it me? Am, am I the one that's battling with this? Am I the one that's facing this? Amen. On Wednesday, we... Uh, we went first through things not to do. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 36 relays for us how Jeremiah and Baruch had written the scroll and the king would cut the word of God and he would throw it into the fire. All right? Don't try to pick and choose what you're going to eat today. This is not a buffet. There is a, an ordained meal from the mind of God for his people. So we don't get to just pick a knife up like the king and I don't like that, I'm going to cut that out. I don't like this, I'm going to burn that. I'm going to get rid of this. And we, we see at the end of it all that God pronounces a curse on Jehoiakim. And in verse 32 of Jeremiah 36 it says this. They, they rewrite the book. Everything that the king tried to get rid of by cutting it up and burning it, it was rewritten and there were added beside unto them many like words. God will speak again what he's spoken to you today. But the message might get a little bit more intense the next time. Could I just encourage somebody today? Receive the word now, lest more be added later. God doesn't usually progress right to like a big old stomp with his fist. It's a still small voice. But if you refuse this still small voice, God is going to get your attention because he loves you. Well, bless God. We heard about Stephen. Again, these are things not to do. I have zero worry in my mind, as I said on, on Wednesday night, that you're ever going to grab a preacher out of this church and drag him down to the railroad tracks and stone him. Now, that's what happened to Stephen, and that's a clear example. That's an obvious example, right? Everybody agrees? Obvious example, don't do this. Okay, just I, I'm not getting a whole lot of agreement here, and I'm just, I, I want to see everybody's hands right now. Can I see your hands? All right, good. There's no stones. But it's no different when we go home and begin to cut down the preach word of God. It's no different when we end up over at Pizza Ranch and we begin to tear down the service. It's, it's no different when we, in our own mind, even in our own mind, if the words never come out of your mouth, don't allow the voice of the enemy to begin to pull down the word of God. When those thoughts begin to come to you, no, you mix them with faith and you establish them. You establish the preach word of God as a reality in your heart and in your mind so that that word can continually be mixed with faith throughout your week and come to pass. Amen. Okay, there's a mindset that we need to receive the word of God. Now, just because it is spoken in church does not mean that it is the voice of God. That is why it is necessary 
for you yourself to know the Word of God and the voice of God. Now, I do find this. The spirit with which you enter into the time of worship will influence whether or not you're willing to receive it as the voice of God. Skeptics will remain skeptical, but the hungry will be fed. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 says this, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. If I were to ever get up here and begin to preach something that all of the sudden you're like, whoa, 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 hold on. That doesn't align with the word of God. There ought to be alarm bells going off in your brain. Because you know the word and you want to hold to the word and you love the scripture. And so you're like, wait, 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 hold on. Now, if there's ever concern or disagreement, Rather than going home and stewing on that, you come to the source, and we talk about it. I'm not infallible. God's Word is infallible. I am a human, and God has chosen to work through the filter of humanity. And so even the gifts of the Spirit will have moments where there are mistakes made and humanity can enter in. Now, our goal is to be so in tune with the Spirit of God and have our flesh crucified daily so that we can walk in unity with the Spirit of God and God's voice can freely flow through us, but... I make mistakes, but I got news for you. You do too. And so you need to know the word of God for yourself. 1 John 4 and 1 says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Again, that word has to be mixed with faith, But it's not just blind faith and obedience. It is faith that is built upon the word of God and your own relationship with the God of the word. Is that making sense? I don't want you just to come in here and be spoon fed and just take every. that's, That's how you get into false doctrine. That's how you begin to form denominations that go off the deep end. That's how you find yourselves in the middle of a field all wearing white robes, selling all of our possessions because on such and such a date, this is exactly when the rapture. That's how you get into dangerous territory. I'm not interested in getting into dangerous territory where every word that flows across my lips is is received as, as God-written gospel. I'm interested in a church that is so solidly founded upon the word of God uh, and so knowledgeable about about the word of God and so in tune with the spirit of God that you can begin to try the spirits. I'm thankful that there are men and women of God in this congregation that I can go to them and begin to ask them. I can begin to say, hey, Brendan, what are you feeling right now? What, what, what spirit, what, what's flowing right now? What do you feel in your heart? And I can get an answer from him. And the amazing thing about it is Oftentimes it's right. 
Usually it's right, and usually it's very similar. So how does that work? Do we agree in the prayer room that we're just going to, like, you know, we're texting each other, like, all right, this is what we're going to pray about today. We're, we're texting each other, I'm going to preach this at 10, you should preach this at 11. I can, I can promise you, I have never done that. Not one time. Last Wednesday would be a great, or two Wednesdays ago would be a great example. On short notice, an evangelist was available. He walks into this church and preaches exactly the word of God for us in that moment. He's never been here. He and I didn't talk about that. We didn't, we didn't communicate about what's going on in the church at all. How does that happen? You see, there's somebody that, yes, is in love with the word, but is in pursuit of the spirit of God. And because I'm in pursuit of the spirit of God and he's in pursuit of the spirit of God, we're pointed at the same thing. And so that voice begins to issue forth clearly because we're walking together in lockstep. Now, I've said this before. And I'll say it again. It ought to be your goal when you come into a service to, to feel the spirit of the service. It, it, it would be amazing if it wasn't a surprise to you at all what I was about to preach on any given Sunday. Because you've already felt it in your spirit in prayer that morning. You've already prepared your heart. That's, that's my goal. When the preacher gets up and begins to preach to me, I want to be with him. I don't want him to have to rescue me from the back row and try to bring me all the way to the front and get me on board. But all the way through it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm staying in the Spirit. I'm staying with the Holy Ghost. I, I don't want to just to believe everything. I want to try every spirit. But there's a heart of faith inside of me that's getting that word, and I'm trying to eat it, and I'm, I'm applying it to myself because I want to eat that word of God. It will be found the, rejoy, the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Amen. The word, either written or preached, does not need to make you feel good for you to receive it as good. I may say some things, other preachers may say some things that don't feel very nice. That does not mean, as you're trying the spirits, that does not mean that it is not of God. Go ahead and read through your Bible. There were plenty of moments where God spoke some words that the intended audience did not receive as a tickling of their ear. We could have the kind of church where everybody goes home feeling warm and fuzzy. I like, I like feeling warm and fuzzy. Anybody else like feeling warm and fuzzy? Man, I once bought, have you ever seen those, um, uh, the blankets with the arms? What are those called? Snuggies, Okay. See, everybody, everybody wants one. You're all just too scared to buy one. Well, I'm not. They made it into like a poncho. And I, I bought one. Listen, I was, it, was, it was a time I was losing a lot of weight. I 
We were, we were in an extended fast. I was colder than cold all the time. So I bought one. And man, let me tell you, that's warm and fuzzy. And like, I'm just snuggled up in a blanket with sleeves everywhere and a hood everywhere that I go. We could have that kind of church. There's enough stuff in this book that I could come in here on every single Sunday and just build you up and make you feel like you're all that and a million bucks. And by the way, you are all of that and a million bucks. Jesus is wild about you. But God doesn't want a church to be built on fluff. He wants a church to be built on stone, on the solid rock of his word. And so there will be moments where the master mason begins to cut away and chip away some of the stone and file off some of the rough edges. The word doesn't need to feel good for it to be good. Here's an example for you in Titus. I've used it before, but it's one of my favorite. Titus chapter 1 and verse 12. Paul writing, he says, he's talking about the Cretans. He says, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. He said, you've got Cretan prophets that say you're lazy and liars. And everybody's already getting offended for the Cretans. Which is a great name, by the way, you Cretan. Evil beasts and slow bellies. <gasps> How dare he? Look at the next verse. This witness is true. It wasn't enough for Paul to recount what a Cretan prophet had said about them. He had to take the time, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost... To put pen to paper and say, yeah, I agree with that. You are lazy and you are liars. You want to talk about a word that stings a little bit. And so he says, rebuke them sharply so they may be sound in the faith. Again, the word doesn't need to tickle your ears for you to receive it. But if it aligns with the word of God and you can try the spirits, listen, trying the spirits is not something you're going to do all day if you filled your mind with the entertainment and the filth of this world. I don't, I don't just go to any old yahoo and be like, hey, what are you feeling right now? When they've watched 76 hours of, of sports and television this week. I know what they're feeling. They're feeling uncomfortable in the presence of Jesus Christ. Well, bless God. All right, well, maybe another Sunday morning. All things done unto edifying. You ever hear somebody quote that verse? Let all things be done unto edifying. Great verse. Absolutely. Important. But edifying doesn't always mean warm fuzzies. To edify is to build up, to strengthen. Verbal Bean, a great author uh, from the 60s and 70s, he, he illustrated this point. He said, look, if, if you've got a severe enough infection in the body, the best form of edification just might be an amputation. Why would you build up something when there's a severe infection that needs to be dealt with? 
You don't deal with gangrene with warm fuzzies and platitudes. You deal with gangrene with a scalpel, and you begin to remove. We're talking about receiving the word of God. Everybody, is everybody nervous? I don't have a clue what's going to be preached this afternoon at 11 o'clock. I don't know. It might be the most uplifting word from God you've ever heard in your life, okay? Don't be nervous. We're going to receive it. So here's how to receive. We've gone on for far too long, so now let's, let's tell you how to receive the Word of God. Two portions of Scripture. There's two attitudes. There's two mindsets that we have to have. In James chapter 1 and verse 21, it says this, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. I love that, that clause. Superfluity of naughtiness. Any parents in the house got kid, young kids? There is a superfluity of naughtiness at times in my home. And, and God help us, we're, we're trying to nip that in the bud and train them up in righteousness. But, but the writer James says, look, lay all of that aside and receive with meekness. Everybody say meekness. The engrafted word which is able to save your souls. It is the word that is going to save your souls. It's not your feelings. It's not your opinion. Your opinion and $1.50 will get you a cup of coffee. But that's about it. It matters not what my opinion is when I stand before God. What matters is, is my life in alignment with the word of God and am I living as his word sets forth for me to live. That's why the psalmist would write in Psalm 19 and 7, the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. That my soul is converted, my soul is saved by the word of God, both written and preached. Somewhere along the line, some Somebody had to preach to me about repentance. Somebody had to preach to me about being baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. Somebody had to preach to me about receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And with a spirit of meekness, I had to receive that word of God into my heart, considering that I might be wrong. I've got to hear this. I've got to filter this. I've got to look at this. And that word saved my soul. But verse 22 says this, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Today we are all hearers of the word. We do not have a deaf ministry at this point at Jesus Church and so I'm believing right now. Everybody is hearing what I'm saying. But if, if you think that that is adequate, you're living under deception. You have to do the word of God. No amount of preaching will save you from a lack of obedience. We could bring in the most gifted the most anointed men of God and women of God to fill this pulpit and to speak great words. But unless there's a meekness to receive that word and then do that word, we're wasting our time. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he looks at himself, he beholds himself, he goes his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. 
what he's saying is, look, there will be times where the preached word of God begins to show you what you are. Isn't that fun? Anybody ever experienced that? Am I the only one that's ever experienced that? Okay, me and, me and my mother. All right, well, the rest of you, I hope the word shows you what you are today. <laughs> but unless you grab a hold of that, unless you take a fork and a knife and you begin to eat that, you're going to leave, and by Monday, you will have forgotten, forgotten what you look like through the eyes of the word. I don't, I, I don't want to think that I look great, but the word think that I... <laughs> I've got some outfits that I like to wear that my wife isn't all that keen on or has told me aren't the best look for me. And she's right. I can't see me like she can see me. You can't see you. The Word sees you. And unless we grab it and do it and eat it, we will forget what we look like by Monday morning. That's why fluff isn't going to build a lasting change in your life. You need the Word of God, all of the Word. We read it on Wednesday night in Timothy. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We need that word. Everybody say meekness. Meekness is not uh, you just sitting back and, and being pounded uh, with, a, with a Bible bazooka. Meekness is restrained strength. The greatest act of meekness is Jesus hanging on a cross and not calling down legions of angels. All right, there's another thing that we need for the Word of God, another mindset, another attitude we need. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 10, we're reading about Paul and Silas, and they are fleeing from a city under persecution. And they go into a town called Berea. And they don't go into hiding. But the first thing they do is go into the synagogue and begin to preach the very same message. But in Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, look at what it says. It says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Everybody say readiness of mind. They did not come and be like, eh, yeah, whatever. Another sermon. Here we go. But there was a hunger inside of them for the word of God. And so they're hearing these new ideas preached by Paul. And they had the intellectual honesty to not just go, you know what? I don't believe that. But they searched the scriptures. They didn't search Google. They didn't just search, you know, hey, mom, what have you heard about this? 
They went to the source of all purity, the source of all scriptural knowledge, the word itself. And they began to search the scriptures daily, whether the things that Paul said were true. And in verse 12, it says this, therefore, many of them believed. With a readiness of mind, they heard the word from Paul. Maybe it didn't quite sit right with them, but they weren't going to go home and just discount it. They said, oh man, this, this, is, this is challenging. It's like biting off more than you can chew. You ever eat a roast where it felt like that bite kept getting bigger and bigger the more you chewed it? My thoughts exactly, yes. Ugh. They took it home. They chewed on it. They, they, they prayed about it. They searched the scripture. And the end result was belief. You see, if you'll come with meekness and you'll come with readiness of mind, even the hard word will land where it's supposed to land and accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. The seed of God's word is incredibly strong. But if we don't prepare the soil of our heart to receive it, that seed, that seed is not going to produce what God desires it to produce inside of us. And I believe that today, Monday and Tuesday and really all year long, there has been a flow of the word of God from this pulpit. Not just myself. That's not me edifying myself and, and propping myself up. There have been men of God. There have been women of God that have come and shared incredible word from the Lord for this church. But you could sit here 52 Sundays a year and leave exactly the same at the end of the year. Why? Because there's not faith. There's not meekness. There's not readiness of mind. It's like looking at myself in a mirror for that one moment and then forgetting for the rest of the week what I look like. I feel a stirring in my heart as we prepare to head into 2024. There's a stirring in my own heart about growth. Personal growth. And I believe that that's going to be a frequent theme from the Lord for his church this year grow but you and I will never grow if the preacher has to to plead with God every single Monday for that word that was preached to penetrate the heart usually quite often for the record quite often you can tell who's receiving it with readiness of mind and who has closed themselves off to it. From this vantage point, you can see. But I want to grow, and I want to progress, and I want to bring forth much fruit for the kingdom. 
And so I want my life to be structured. I want my mind to be structured in a way that will enable me to receive the word of God, no matter if it's the flavor that I like or if it's the meat that I like. It might be a big old, God might serve me an entire plate of cauliflower and broccoli raw with no ranch to dip it in. But that might be exact, and some of you are like, man, that sounds great. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoy it. But man, if I'm going to eat that much broccoli, I need it like steamed until it's falling apart and then drizzled with cheese, man. That's the way broccoli is meant to be consumed. But God might serve me something that I'm not wild about. I don't get to skip meals. Food may not be your favorite. It might not be your favorite meal, but if you eat it, it will grow you. I don't live from Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving. I eat almost every day, usually multiple times a day. Amen. All right, I'm beating a dead horse here. Let's stand together. And I want us to ask God to prepare our hearts, to prepare our minds, not just for today, not just for this week, but as a constant reminder, when that word goes out, I want to mix it with faith. I want to build my life upon the word of God. Can we do that together in this house? Would you lift your hands and ask God to give you meekness? Would you ask him to give you readiness of mind? Would you ask him to prepare you right now to receive his word? Lord.